Hi, I'm Natalia. I'm Gen Z. I'm Molly, a millennial. This is Arnisha. I'm Generation X. I'm Micah, the boomer. We are Dame Talk. Hi, this is Micah, and today we're going to talk about how to get the money you want. So once you receive that job offer, it's time to negotiate your offer. Really, it's important to do your research and know the salary range of the position. The low end should be within the range of your expectations and experience. Otherwise, you probably shouldn't be interviewing for that job. So let's acknowledge this can really be tough for women. Oftentimes, we are not perceived in the same way as men when it comes to job offers and negotiation. So there are things that we can do and strategies we can use to help us through this process. I'm going to talk about three of those strategies. The first one is very simple. Don't negotiate the salary. Okay, so why wouldn't you do that? If they tell you this offer is not negotiable, that there is no way they can go any higher, you must trust that this is what they're telling you is the truth. And don't negotiate. Or if they do say this, ask them if you can get a review in six months to see if you can get a raise a little sooner than the year that most oftentimes happens during the cycle. And also ask to review their package. So sometimes you can negotiate other things other than your salary. I know you did a lot of research on this, Natalia. So can you share a little bit about what you found out? Um, yeah, actually, in a recent survey done by Glassdoor, about 68% of women accepted the salary they were offered and didn't negotiate. They saw that this was actually a 16% point difference when compared to men, which was about 52%. I thought this was actually interesting because these figures add up to almost $2 million in lost revenue over Ooh. a lifetime for the average woman seeking the, to climb the leadership ladder. Yikes. Well, nobody likes to hear they're leaving that much money on the table. Molly, can you talk a little bit about, I know in your experience, you have not negotiated salaries in the past. Can you talk a little bit about what your thought process was behind that? <clears throat> oh, Micah. I have really been looking forward to this episode, uh, really hoping to learn a lot. Um, and the truth is, as you just said, I've never negotiated my salary when getting a new job. Um, and when I think about why or the reasons behind it, uh, I like to think that, you know, it's complicated, but it's really not. I was scared. Um, That's fair. You know, there's a lot of information out there about how to negotiate, why you should, why you shouldn't. And it was just, it's always been a little overwhelming. So I, I was just scared. Um, but, you know, this, this fear has really come down to a couple of things. So often during several transitions or early in my career, I just felt like I should be so grateful for even getting the job offer that I shouldn't push it. Um, so one job in particular, I battled through the interview. Um, it was over four hours long. I met with multiple different people. Um, and the woman who would go on to be my manager, she was tough. Uh, she hammered me in that interview so that when I actually did get the offer, I was so ecstatic, <laughs> so grateful, um, and so terrified that once I started the job, I could get fired at any moment, mm. that negotiating didn't even cross my mind. Um, ironically, of course, that's probably the one place where I've worked that they, I think they expected me to negotiate, and in hindsight, mm. were surprised that I didn't. So mm. 
kind of missed the boat on that one. Mm-hmm. Um, but then another time I was fully ready to negotiate. I was transitioning out of an organization that I just felt really pretty beat down uh, and I was ready to ready to leave. Um, and I worked with a good friend and mentor who helped me prep uh, on how I should negotiate for this new role I was considering. And I can still hear her voice in my head, encouraging me um, and chiding me when I didn't end up negotiating. Uh, I went into the call ready to go. And the response from the HR rep seriously implied that if I attempted to negotiate, they would have withdrawn the job offer. I can't quite remember exactly what she said to make me think this, um, but because I was in such a desperate state to get out of the current role, um, I just caved and accepted what they offered. Once in the role, I spoke with several of my colleagues who actually had very similar experiences with HR um, while getting the job offer and their job offers. Um, And so what we very quickly discovered was that there was this kind of trickle down attitude from HR that, you know, there are thousands of people who want to work in this Mm, organization. Right. Um, Be grateful we're hiring you or we'll just hire one of them instead. Yeah. Uh, So while my fear of negotiation uh, is probably a little bit irrational. (laughs) (laughs) Or not. (laughs) Right. Right. (laughs) Definitely something I need to overcome. My experiences so far have really not shown me that negotiation is positive or is really an okay thing. So like I said, really excited about learning some tips <laughs> on how to improve this in the future. I think they train HR professionals on how to be tough on this. So yeah. I think they, on their side, they win when you don't, the less they give you almost, Absolutely. it's almost like their checkbook, right? Absolutely. It's their bank account. Yeah. But um, anyway, thanks Molly. I, we, I appreciate you sharing that. So Moving on to another strategy, which is actually negotiating your salary. If you don't know the range for this position that you're uh, you're about to take on, ask for it. They should not, when I say range, salary range. And hopefully the HR person that you're working with will be able to give that to you. And when you get your package, always take 24 to 48 hours to scour it, look it thoroughly through Write down all of your questions. And also, if you want to know salary ranges for similar positions, go to places like salary.com, payscale.com, or Glassdoor. And that way you'll get a baseline for where you should be. And then you'll know where to go from there. Build your case. You know, take your experience, know your worth, and convey that to your HR professional or to the person that you're negotiating the salary with. Do not be afraid, Molly. Do not be afraid to ask for more. <laughs> Treat this like you would if you were negotiating on behalf of the company. If you think about it, if you're working with a supplier, would you accept the first price they give you or would you negotiate and try to get better terms? So you're getting better terms for yourself. It's your personal terms. And if you're a senior level person, you might want to think about hiring or consulting with an attorney because they can give you a perspective that you might not have thought of. And if you're talking large dollars for your salary, the money you pay that attorney will be pennies compared to what they could possibly bring to the table. Always be respectful. Don't get defensive. It is not personal. Think about it at, you know, try to be as objective as possible. You're negotiating for yourself, but think of yourself as third person. Sometimes that might help. But you don't want the HR person to feel like this is the end all, the be all. 
that you're not going to accept the offer if you don't get the money. You just want to be very open in your negotiation process. And one of the things I read is they said that because women are very good at win-win situations and we tend to want everyone to be happy in situations, most life situations, that we actually negotiate better because we're less aggressive and more amiable to having that talk and having a back and forth with the HR person. So I don't know. Has anyone had an experience in negotiating a salary, dames? Yeah, I, I have um, for my past maybe three or four jobs. Um, and it's because I have primarily been working for private equity-owned companies. And in private equity-owned companies, the as with startups, the idea is that you take less salary because you'll get money on the back end once the company is sold. And it's very hard not to get caught up in that excitement about the potential of, of a brand. It's very hard. And, and trust me, private equity guys are masters at it. And they get you where you, you drank the Kool-Aid as well. So, <laughs> you know, you end up in a situation like, why did I take a 50% pay? <laughs> but, but, all, but all joking aside, um, just in order to protect yourself and what I what I've learned in the past um, few instances is that they don't always go, the sales or the mergers do not always go as planned. I have not had one, and I've worked for three companies now where we either sold or had a merger. I have not had one go as planned, right. not one. Yeah. Um, and in two of them, I did walk away with money, but in the last one, I walked away with absolutely nothing. So it, it taught me that it's the importance of negotiating my salary up front because you don't know what's going to happen down the road. So in even in those situations, it's important to say, okay, start with what was I making at my last job, you know, and and was I okay at that? Because obviously usually when you jump jobs, you want to get more money. But if you could if you were comfortable at your last salary, that should be your bottom. So I typically go in starting a little higher than my last salary. In certain states, you can't. They can't ask you what are you making. So if I was making, I'm just going to say fifty thousand um, dollars, and I got an offer for a job, I would always, when they ask for my salary requirements, I might say I need to make at least sixty, because they don't need to know that I was making fifty. And even if they come in at sixty, it's still ten thousand more than I was making, right? So to me, it's just um, it's important that I, even in those situations where there are promises on the back end to um to get more that you really negotiate what you want up front and it goes back to what Michael was saying is knowing what you are worth from your research but also keep in mind what you were making at your last job so that way you're going in and you're you're in a position where you know that at the very least you're made whole and a little bit better than made whole from from your last job. Okay. Thanks Arnisha. And sometimes you can even make a bigger jump than, yes. you know. so I have had instances where I've made a significant jump just by going to another organization and they saw my value more than the last one. So um, always look for a minimum of 20%, I would say, yeah. increase. Okay. So let's say you put yourself out there and you try to negotiate that salary and they still came back and said, no, we can't do it. Um, and like I said, you have to trust that the person you're dealing with is telling you the truth because there's no way that you can know that if they tell you there's no negotiation, 
for the salary, that's what you have to believe. I have had instances where I've gone to an organization and found out that that was not the case. And then you quickly realize that this probably is not the place you want to work because if they don't act in integrity when it comes to you starting the job, then it doesn't get better. But let's just say the person you're dealing with has integrity and they say no. There's still other things you can negotiate. All is not lost. So like I said previously, if you've looked at that package thoroughly, you know how many weeks vacation you get. You know your health benefits. You know, there's all types of perks that they're going to list out because they want to make the package as robust as possible. They want to make it look like you want to come here. They, they want you to come. So some of the things you can ask for are more time for vacation. Sometimes if you've been a senior person and you've been working for 10, 15 years or more, you probably already built up three to four weeks vacation at your last organization. So at minimum, you want that at the new organization. You don't want to lose vacation. If anything, you might want to gain it. And it's easier for them to give you vacation than to give you money sometimes. You might want to negotiate working from home. What if you have a long commute? Or what if you just have a home office and you know you work better from home when you don't have those meetings or when you do have meetings, whatever the case may be, sometimes you can concentrate more and get things done at home. So maybe negotiate working from home one to three times a week. Maybe you do have a long commute or it's expensive where you are to, to, for transportation. So negotiate transportation costs. Oftentimes they have deals with um, organizations where it's tax-free if you take the money out um, of your salary pre, um, however they sign it up. But there's often ways you can negotiate for transportation. So think about all the things that you pay for out of your pocket. What of, of those things may be negotiable with your organization? So list them out and think about what makes sense and put it on the table and see where they are willing to meet you. You know, I, so Micah, just, as I said at the beginning of this episode, I was really excited for, to, for this conversation because I knew I was going to learn a lot. Uh, I would love to hear if anyone has had experience negotiating for these extra perks and these extra benefits, because just hearing this, you know, I think I knew in theory that you can negotiate for these things, but I don't actually, I don't personally actually know anyone who has, um, you know, in my age group, because I think it's just, it's one of those things that just, I don't, I don't know, you just don't mm -hmm. think about. So I would love to hear an experience from, from somebody if any of you have a, have a history of doing that. Yeah, um, I actually was fortunate enough to get a job pretty early on in my career where once you hit a certain level, you got four weeks vacation. Um, so I, after working at that company, you, know, you get a little spoiled. You have a few years of getting four weeks vacation. You want to continue to get that. Um, I got another job that only offered three weeks vacation. And you'd be surprised that once the money is kind of off the table, right? If you're not, if you kind of aren't negotiating the money anymore and you start to transition over, that shows flexibility on your part. If they say, well, look, I can't do more about the money. It shows flexibility on your part to come back and say, okay, I understand that. But is there any flexibility on the vacation time? Um, I went to a, the first company I went to after that one had three weeks vacation. And um, I started with, I've had four weeks vacation for the past few years. I 
am trying, I need to maintain that because of family obligations. Is there any flexibility there? And truthfully, it was very easy to get that. Mm-hmm. It was very easy to get that. Um, oftentimes when companies give you a tough time with that, it's because they have people who have been in the organization for years that have worked for 15 years and they've just worked their way up to three weeks vacation, right? So as a newbie, if you come in and you get four weeks, they get a little concerned about that. And, and I respect that and I understand that. Um, but if they are negotiating with you on money and you back off on money and you say instead you ask about vacation time, they will usually work with you. That's been my experience. They will usually work with you on vacation time. Great to know. Yeah, really appreciate that. Thanks a lot, Arnisha. So another thing to consider, especially if you are moving for the company, if they're offering you moving costs, you might just ask for a lump sum instead of having them pay for it. That way you can um, kind of figure it out on your own uh, how you get there. And also you can ask for additional time in corporate housing because that also saves you money and you can delay when you move into your new house, apartment, or whatever. So those are some things to consider if you're moving to another city. So we're going to have a guest. I thought it'd be very helpful to have someone uh, that has experience on the other side of the table tell us their point of view about how to negotiate your salary and some insights and tips. Our guest today is James Perkins. He is a 30-year human resources professional. He's worked for major global corporations in human resources and multiple capacities. Most recently, he has been an independent consultant. He began his career in compensation, yay, and has been doing compensation consulting over the last 20 years. James went to USC, University of Southern California, for his undergraduate degree. And how I know him is he went to University of Michigan for his MBA, and he was in the class ahead of me. And he was a great guy in business school, and he's still a great guy now. And that's why I wanted to have him on our podcast. He's going to share with us three things you should do during the negotiation process. And one thing you should absolutely not do, or a few things you should absolutely not do. So we're going to have James share his insights with us. So James, can you give us, can we, can you share some insights with us? Dame, so we can know how to negotiate better? Well, there, there are a few things that over the years I've learned, and, and it's been, you know, on the HR side of it with negotiations as well as on my own personal negotiations. A couple of things you want to keep in mind is that you need to you need to have a clear understanding of what your bottom line salary requirement is. There is nothing worth than joining a new organization and not feeling good about what your value is to your organization. So you need to think about what your salary requirements are, if there's a bonus opportunity, what your bonus uh, number you would like it to be, and other perks that are important to you. So once you decide you know, those things, then you have a better understanding of how to begin the negotiations. Uh, another important thing is to get as much data as possible about the compensation plans at the organization and for-profits not-for-profits have different types of compensation plans but you can go to different uh resources that you guys have mentioned already um salary.com glass door get an understanding of what a salary range would be for the role that you're uh, looking to fill and to also understand if there are other incentives that are 
part of that package. And then you have information and knowledge that will allow you to be a much more skilled negotiator and to attain the, you know, the, the salary bonus and other perks that you're looking to get into the new organization. So, James, thanks so much for bringing up the bonus. I completely forgot about that. That is a crucial part of negotiation as well, especially on the corporate side. But I have to say, I have negotiated a bonus on the nonprofit side. So don't think that just because you work for a nonprofit that you can't get a bonus. They have money for that as well. So that's something you should put on the table. So that said, James, us dames, this is what we really want to know. What are you thinking on the other side as an HR person? We know how we feel and the nervousness and, and how we're preparing, which, you know, similar to what you said, prepare and we're ready. But how do you respond or what makes you respond best with how people approach you? Can you give us some insights there so that we know the next time we have to negotiate, we're inside your head, meaning the HR professional? That, that's a really good question. And I think, again, part of, part of what, what I experience when I'm talking to candidates about different opportunities is if I feel they're knowledgeable about what's going on, what the salary ranges are, and again, the bonus and the perks, then I probably am going to be more careful in terms of negotiations. If someone is not knowledgeable and they, you know, they're throwing about numbers that are either uh, way out of bounds or kind of lowballing what their value is, then I'm going to do what, you know, most HR people will do it and give them a fair number, but I'm not going to give them the ultimate number that they would be potentially eligible for because they're not asking for it. And so one of the keys is you have to ask for what you want and doing that in a way that makes people think that you know what salary range is and what the bonus opportunity is. That's really the key. And so as I'm sitting talking to folks, I had a sales negotiation several years ago where we were, you know, looking for a number one or number two salesperson in my organization. And this person, she came in with a lot of great data. She, you know, showed us all of her salary and her, her bonus information for the last four or five years. And so she was very well educated about what was going on and she knew the right approach to get what she was looking for. And ultimately what she asked for, we gave her. Because one, we felt that she was going to add that type of value to the organization, but also because she really did her homework and was able to kind of uh, make us think, you know, beyond what we normally what we normally think about in terms of opening negotiations, and it made it a lot quicker. You know, sometimes in, in negotiating salaries, it can take several days or several weeks, but if a person comes in and they know what they're asking for and they appear to have a good understanding of where we are then it short circuits the, the whole negotiation process and things wind up uh, much quicker and, and, and get done more quickly. And that is, uh, that's good for the organization as well as for the individual. So again, you have to ask for what you want, for, what you want, but you also have to make sure that it's not going to put you outside of what is reasonable from most organizations' perspective. As the HR person, you know, I'm looking at your past salary I'm also looking at what we call internal equity to make sure that I'm not paying you so much more than the people who are already in my organization that I create a problem for me and the firm uh, because I've over, not overpaid you, but I'm underpaying other people for other circumstances and now I've got to catch them up. So all of those things are part of what we look at and we try to be fair and we try not to let people 
uh, feel like we're taking advantage of them because again, someone coming into the organization who is not happy with their salary, sometimes it's going to give them a positive incentive. Excuse me, and sometimes it's not going to make them feel good about where they are in the organization, and that could take years and years and years to, to manifest itself into a, um, an employee who is not really satisfied with being in the organization. So those are some of the things that we think about in trouble. Thank you, James. I mean, I think for me, that's really helpful um, because if you go, it's almost like anything. If you go in really prepared, then it's appreciated by the person on the other side, but it also helps you in the long run. So I think preparation is really key here and doing your research, taking that time. This is so important. And this could mean thousands and hundreds of thousands of dollars in the long run for you over the life of your career. So, James, really, we thank you so much for joining us and giving us your insights. And um, like I said, you're a great guy. Um, and I miss our business school days, but we've all moved on. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so thanks again. And if we have any of our any more questions about compensation, you'll be the first person we ask. Absolutely. It was a pleasure speaking with you ladies. And if I can do anything for you, please let me know. Thanks, James. Thank you. All right. Take care. That was great having James share his insights from an HR professional's perspective. I hope you learned a lot during this episode. And if you don't remember anything, remember two things. One, prepare, 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 do your research. Two, know your worth. Thanks for listening. Tune in next week for the next Dame Talk episode. Have a great day. If you have any questions, email us at dametalk4 at gmail.com. That's dametalk and the number four at gmail. To learn more about us and these topics, check out our website at dametalkpodcast.com. You can also find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Thanks for listening. This is Dame Talk. We don't know everything, but we know enough. <laughs>